We Saved You a Seat is sponsored by the Oklahoma Family Network. Oklahoma Family Network focuses on supporting families of children and youth with special health care needs and disabilities, as well as families who have children with a mental health or behavioral health diagnosis. Oklahoma Family Network provides families with emotional support, resource navigation, parent-to-parent engagement opportunities, and wants to ensure quality health care for all children and families by building strong and effective family professional partnerships. Thank you for returning to hear more about McKenzie's journey with AML. In part two, McKenzie's dad, Jason, shares more about their experiences as a family, some beautiful memories they made with McKenzie, and tells us how we can help make a difference in the lives of families who have a child with cancer. Thank you for jumping back into our conversation just where we left off. So she was about a month and a half into school. She was, she was also elected to student council for her class, right? And and so everybody kind of knew her story a little bit, you know, that she had cancer. And But, you know, I didn't seem to really interrupt her, her relationships with friends. And I think it was about mid-October that she went in for routine blood exams. This was from early spring to October. They came back and they found some more cells. The cells were just not, and you got to think about leukemia and it's really with a lot of cancers. You know, this started with one deformed cell. That's how it starts. Well, if you do a chemotherapy treatment and a bone marrow and any other you know, radiation treatment, whatever your treatment is, got to kill all of them. And if you don't kill all of them, even if there's one left, eventually that one turns into two. That two turns into four, that four turns into eight. And, you know, this, this, this idea of this compounding, you know, addition here becomes really big. Um, and the type of leukemia she had, it was, it's, it's like a turbo drive for Duke replication. So that one to two didn't take very long, it took maybe a matter of minutes and two to four. And so this is constantly, you know, doubling in size and doubling and doubling. And so it finally, it took a, just took a few months to finally get to the point to where the blood, because remember, we don't test for leukemia in the bone marrow. It's got to be so much in your bone marrow that it actually escapes into your blood system to where that's when we can identify it. We don't do a bone marrow test to, to, to diagnose, right? So um, came back and, and, you know, we had to sit down with the, the medical team and you know, it was the first time that I thought we may be in some trouble. And uh, it was a very sobering moment in my life that I'll never forget. Um, when they came to us and, you know, they put us in a room we'd never been in. We'd never been in the hospital for quite some time. And I could just see the looks on their faces of seriousness. And, you know, I, I, I think my heart sunk and was beating a thousand times a second and I was sweating and you know uh, they said well um we've got three options here the first one's hospice just absorb that for a second being a parent being told that the second one is we provide a level of treatment that will maintain and and get enough life out of her as we possibly can knowing that it ultimately is just an extension on life and the third option is we go for broke we do it again 
but the way she responded the first round of treatment, the going for broke has some, has a huge risk. This may not work. The drugs, the procedures may kill them. And how do you decide between those three? I, I still wrestle with our decision. And we ultimately decided to go for broke. I don't know if that was the right decision. I don't know. I still question it every day. But we just we just felt like this was something that that we couldn't give up on. And we felt like the other two options were in essence giving up. And and, and I say that to any listener out there, those other decisions aren't wrong by any stretch. I, I think that the situations can be so drastic and so bad that you just got to pick the best of the worst. And so I don't think there should ever be any judgment, but for us, we felt like we just couldn't, we couldn't throw in the towel. We're still a little hopeless, guys, right? A couple of days later, Mackenzie and I were driving the car. She was aware of this. And for the very first time ever, she said, dad, I don't know if I want to do this again. I know what will happen if I don't, and I don't know. I I think maybe I should just skip the can skip the treatment and just live the best live the best life that I can for the time I have left. And I mean, it just floored me, you know. Um, not only the wisdom of a of a girl that was now eleven, thinking about her own mortality, and thinking about what it meant. And then she also ended the conversation with, I also know that it uh, it impacts you too. It affects my mom and my dad. And, and Nikki's her stepmom, actually. It affects Nikki. And those are deep questions to talk to an 11-year-old about. And the selflessness that she saw in that moment. Again, there's just moments through this journey that just really resets you to change your entire perspective on so many things, you know? So we took that, that into account of our decision. And over time, I think we truly tried to convince her the best that we could that, you know, we're going to be okay. We're doing this for you. Right. And unfortunately her health about October until she passed that December the 7th deteriorated to a point to where we really not, didn't get that opportunity to really go for broke anyway. They gave her some treatment options at the beginning that were a little bit more of that middle option that I spoke of, just to kind of get her to a point to where they could blast her with the the next knockout punch that they did at the beginning. But unfortunately, she had she had slipped into a coma at one point. She was in a coma for about four days. Her body just just fell apart. And, you know, there wasn't, we didn't really know a lot of good reasons, like the coma, we still can't figure out. The neurologist came in, they did scans, everything looked to be normal. She just simply wouldn't wake up. And so she was uh, in the midst of a big MRI to look at her brain, which are very loud and noisy and, and that sort of thing. And during that moment, she woke up, she started crying and she goes, dad. And she woke up at that moment from her coma. They turned the machine off and raced in there and there were tears everywhere. And when we rolled her, when we took her bed upstairs where our other family was, was waiting, like she, we walked in with her weight McKenzie, which was another huge emotional moment. Right.
But we went on our Make-A-Wish trip. She really struggled. She was very tired. She had a lot of fun, right? But we could just tell from about mid-October of the second diagnosis of the, of the, the leukemia coming back until she passed away, her, her body, it just, was, it just wasn't there. We could just see it. And ultimately, um, she passed away on a Friday and I had gone back to work that day. And because even though her body sort of fell apart, she even that week had a little bit of a boost, like she felt a little bit better. And I, I'd been out for so long. I thought, well, she seems to be doing good now. I, my work really worked with me very easily. So, I, you know, I think I may go back to work. I'll just kind of do as much as I can. And this was on a Friday. She had a routine exam. That Thursday night, she wasn't feeling very good at all. She slept at a little cot next to our bed because she wanted to sleep in our room. And um, that morning, she just wasn't exhausted, tired, and I actually carried her to the car to go to her appointment. But I, as a parent, just couldn't accept the fact that this is where we were. I just, I couldn't, I couldn't bring myself to realize carrying her out to the car when her body was pretty limp. I still just never imagined like, well, she's, she's not going to die. She's going to be fine. Going to be fine. Going to be fine. Everything's fine. It's all fine. And she, her stepmom took her to uh, the appointment and about 1030, she called and said, Hey, um, can you come up here? I think you need to come up here. And I'm like, why? And she goes, well, I just, I, I, she's not doing very great. I think you might want to come up. And I was resistant, but in, in my wife's way, she was saying, we're, we're seeing her deteriorate and you need to get up here now. And so finally, because I wasn't getting the message, she finally had the doc call and say, Jason, you need to get up here. You need to get up here right now. So we raced up there, still like nothing's going to happen. And when I got there, she was unconscious and um, she lived for about another hour in the emergency room. And she passed away on uh, December the 7th, 2017. Um, ultimately, it was a staph infection in her lungs, but her immune system was so poor that the staph infection enveloped her lung, had seeped out, got to every part of her body, and she had what's known as sepsis. And um, she fought as hard as she could. But, you know, seeing her take her last breath is uh, just an experience I wouldn't wish on my worst enemy in the world. And I still don't think I accepted it for even a few days. I still, in my head, she was going to walk in at any moment. And... You know, I still feel that way sometimes, you know, it's hard. It's hard to separate and hard to accept. I mean, so often we hear that children don't always pass away from the cancer itself. It is from the um, the side effects of whatever it is, the treatments and the, like you said, it was an infection, um, sepsis and those kind of things. And so, yeah. so, wow. And that's just, again, it's, I don't want to discourage anybody to, to, to you know, I think, the right path is to go aggressively to your own pediatric oncologist, develop a plan and go after it. But I do think people need to know that this is such a serious drug. Like there's a, I used to work in the epilepsy field and there's an epilepsy product that can potentially cause blindness. It's a pediatric epilepsy drug. And you think about like the decision you have to make as a parent, you, know, you possibly could blind your child for life 
but the seizures are so damaging and could potentially be deadly. That's a balance you have to take. And it's really no different with, with chemotherapy. You know, um, you know, if, if we would not have given her any therapy at all, let's say this was the 1800s, something, she would have lived for about six weeks. Wow. After diagnosis. And maybe, and we don't really know how far along she was. We know how much, how much cancer was in her bone marrow. And it was a lot. So, but you know, from her diagnosis, it probably would have been four to six weeks. Um, her story doesn't end there. I, I mean, everything I know about McKenzie and, and what you guys did. Um, I know in one of our pre my previous recordings, even this last week, they talked about you guys doing a lot of kind of a bucket list with McKenzie yeah. and y'all got to experience a lot of neat experiences together as a family and create some memories walk us through some of maybe those experiences and then how you were inspired to start the nonprofit in her name, if you don't mind. So towards the end of her life, one of the first questions I asked myself when we were given this, those three options I mentioned earlier, that how do you pack a life as much as you can to a life into um, this short window of time? And, you know, we said, how can we as a family push the envelope, right? We're going to push the envelope here. Um, but we're, we're also want to make sure she's safe, right? Um, and so I said, we're going to find a big parking lot and you're going to learn how to drive. Just because I just wanted her to experience that. She got the biggest kick out of it. She sat right in my car, you know, and she drove like a pro. I couldn't believe how good she was at it. We circled around this parking lot. She parked and backed up. And I was like, now, you know how to do your blinkers. And she was like, I know, I've seen you guys do it. And it was like, my goodness, I think you can pack your driver's test right now, right? And so it was a lot of stuff like that, that, you know, we weren't on the street. We weren't driving down Northwest Express or anything. It was just a big parking lot. but. But nevertheless, it was it was a lot of like, what what would she want to do without me asking her? Because like I said, we never discussed her mortality directly with her. I couldn't bring myself to go, well, Mackenzie, it's found again. You only have three weeks to live. Like, we, we just never had that conversation again. And I don't I, you know, that's up to each individual family on how they approach that. But that was just our approach. And so we just as a family said, what, what else would she really like to do? She loved piglets, right? She just, that was her little favorite animal. So we put on Facebook, who's got some brand new piglets in their house to help a little girl with cancer. And I think within about 10 minutes, I had about 20 people saying, you know, my uncle, my, my neighbor, I have pigs myself. And so we ended up just randomly picking somebody and they brought these little piglets over to our house that couldn't have been more than a couple of weeks old. And they just ran through our house and snorted and jumped and hopped and We'd lay on her back. They'd hop on time. They were the cutest little things you'd ever seen in your life. And boy, she got such a tickle out of that. You know, just thought that was the greatest, greatest moment ever, you know. And we did a hot air balloon ride. You know, she'd always wanted to do that. I was pretty terrified myself, but uh, we did one of those. She, she loved to bake. And I just called the bakery and I'm like, listen, my, my daughter loves to bake. I don't even know what I'm asking for here. You know, is there any way she could help? And this bakery in Yukon, just they said bring her in and they got her early in the morning she designed a cupcake she she helped bake it and had all the colors her favorite animal was unicorns they had little unicorn stuff on there 
And then when they opened, she would, she'd stand up there, the register, and she was a little salesperson and like, well, you know, today we do have a special, let me show you this, this unicorn cupcake that I made myself and just put on the sales pitch that no one could say no to. Right. Um, I think we sold out with our Facebook friends and, and, you know, her Facebook page, we announced it and had a lot of support of people coming in there and getting that kind of stuff. And so it just became, you know, what can we do to provide her some fun experiences? You know, trans her her, her body transformed into the end of her life, right? And so we did as much as we could. We even we we took her on a little date. I asked the little boy that was down the street that she kind of had a crush on. I called his mom and said, listen, we're doing this thing for McKenzie. And you know, I just wanted to go on a date. Just, I just wanted to go out for a date, be treated nice, you know, and, and the mom was all for it. I was the chaperone and this little guy, he, uh, he showed up at date time and stressed in a little suit, and had some flowers. She was all dressed in her Sunday best, you know, and they sat in the back seat, as awkward as 11 year olds could possibly be in this situation. Right. And, um, we just took them to, you know, little, um, it was a place off in off Memorial road. It's like a big game center and pizza and you've got bowling and one of those big centers like that. And, you know, we just ate pizza and they got a bunch of money to go play games. And, you know, it was just, you know, we went home and they gave each other a little hug and, you know, it was just trying to, uh, you know, provide a little, what does it mean to be a human? You know, how do you, how do, again, how do you let her experience what it is to be a human being? You know, having that, that date moment with a little boy, you know, that's everybody remembers their first little date, right? I mean, I just wanted that for her. And, uh, you know, the, the hot air balloon ride, I, I wanted to do something daring, you know, that was just part of being a human being and, and the, you know, at 11 years old, you don't get to experience a lot of that. And so when she passed away, Long Tran and I, he's like my brother. Um, I was on the board of Faith Kids and he said, why don't you do this for other kids? You know, why don't you have a big Rolodex of, of a bunch of organizations you can call and, and, and do this? So we originally called it the Mac Attack. It was part of Faith Kids. When she passed away, we did this for, we didn't really know what we were doing. It's part of Long Tran. He really gave us some some ideas and things to do. And the very first one we ever did was for um, Keaton, for Keaton's family, um, which is a great nonprofit here. And, um, you know, he wanted a Batman game delivered from um, another one of those big gaming places. And uh, Long Tran really did a lot of the legwork, but they got him to release it for a day, drive it over. They set it all up in his room and he got to sit there with his family and dad play this world. You know, those ones you sit down, it's like a dollar to play, you know, and you have all these graphics and noises and stuff. They set it up where it was free. And that was our first one we did. And so as time moved and we healed, we weren't really ready to jump off to just take something on our own. It's about a year later that I talked along and said, you know, where I think we're at a place where we want to do this on our own. And, um, you know, so I resigned from the board and couldn't think of enough. He was like my mentor to get me into this. And we started an organization called the Mac Impact. So now it's been almost five years, four and a half years that we've done this. And now we we serve the same kind of stuff that we offer for McKenzie. We do for any kid. 
that's, that's suffering from any life-threatening disease. It's a, it's whatever that kids wants to do. And we, it's similar to make a wish to be honest with you, but some of the differences in, if we just do Oklahoma, just do Oklahoma things, right. We don't, can't send them to Florida, right. It's, we, we only utilize uh, things that we can do inside the state of Oklahoma. And, you know, we also extend it to other family members. You know, we, we don't say no to hardly anything unless it's a danger to the kid or something like, well, I think one kid asked for a Harley and he was like 12 or something. I mean, obviously we're not going to get a kid Harley, but, but we, and we just try to make it as enjoyable at times. again. we've done everything from cancer-free parties to birthdays to, um, you know, providing Christmas for a family, trampolines, swing sets, you know, the big cedar swing sets that have slides. And we did a Polar uh, Express, came through Oklahoma City. We set up a big event. And that night, you know, we talk about these kids being special. I'll never forget this, this one of the sweetest little kids we ever dealt with. And, you know, it's a hard story to tell that she was three at the time. And she said she wanted to go fishing with her dad because she knew her daddy liked fishing. She's three. You know, I would have asked if I was in that situation, I was 10, 11 years old. I would have said, you know, I want to play basketball on the moon with Tiger Woods. You know, I'm not going to settle for anything less. Right. I'd have been that little jerk kid. You know, she wants to go fishing with her father. I mean, what a what just a wholesome Norman Rockwell moment is that right? Just this beautiful moment here. And went to Lake Follow. I called the Lake Follow Chamber of Commerce. They had a bunch of boats out there. She was escorted in by the local fire department. You know, I had a friend of mine from high school, it's a professional fisherman. He got out, got five of his buddies to take them all on boats. It was a family of like, I don't know, 20 almost. Or like, I don't know, I don't know if it's 20, but she had like 15, 16, 17 kids, something like that. It was a high number. And then some of the old ones were married. So it was a bunch of people and we all split them up and these professional fishermen that all took them out. All the other Chamber of Commerce, they had boats lined up that were honking. Hi, Millie. Hi, Millie. Good luck, Millie. And, and you know, she went out there and, and she fell asleep really quick. But it was just this, you know, they're magical kids. And we love to do this stuff for them. That day she forgot all about cancer. Her parents forgot all about it. And they just were together and they just went out and go, go fishing. I don't think the fishing was great. I don't think they got a lot, but for that moment, she felt pretty special. And, you know, unfortunately she passed away very shortly after that. And, um, you know, just our, our seeing that family having a real moment of togetherness with a bunch of smiles on their face, you know, I hope they think it was priceless as much as I did. Absolutely. So the nonprofit in honor of McKenzie is called the Mac Impact. Tell us if, um, tell us how they can get in touch with you. If somebody has an idea or something that they want to do to just, just kind of voices how we can get in touch with you. Yeah. So we've got a website, the MacImpact.org. O-R-G. We are a 501c3 nonprofit. Our website gives a lot of details on who we are, what we come from, where, where to donate, you know, how to get involved, stuff like that. But if you really want to keep up with more current events that we do, our Facebook page is probably the best way to do that, right? It's just the Mac Impact under Facebook. And, um, you know, we are, we really try to document a lot of the stories that that we have and, and, the, and the kids that we help. You know, I, I think really one of the one of the things the public can do. I mean, we, listen, we we are funded by donations, so obviously that's a component of it for sure. But I will say too that that one of the things 
just because of HIPAA rules, the way the law is, where we can't we can't be provided patient information from healthcare organizations, right? It's against federal law. We do have a difficult time sometimes. We know that there's patients out there, but you know we have a difficult time trying to to find out where they are and gather. It's just simply kind of word of mouth. And so that's another angle. We just want people to know about us. Listen, if you can give what you can give, that'd be great. There's no minimum, right? You know, that you have to give every dollar counts. But we also want to make sure that people know about us. And you never know when your sister's neighbor has a cousin that has cancer. You, you just never know. And we're all, you know, it's this six degrees of Kevin Bacon. We're all connected somehow. And so that's a lot of it too. If, if anybody listening, you know, and you ever find out that someone, you know, through a friend or personally or whoever, and they find out that a child has been diagnosed, I keep talking cancer. It's really any life-threatening disease. Look us up, call us. And we are, we're on it. We're on it. And we'll take over everything from there. I love it. I absolutely love it. So if they want to get in touch with you just through the website or yeah, through the website or Facebook page, right? Um, I think is really the best way to do it. We've got to contact us on the website and our Facebook page. We have to accept direct messages, that sort of thing. So those are probably the two best ways. So in honor of um, Childhood Cancer Awareness Month, are there things that you guys are promoting and doing? Um, tell us anything that's in your mind. So we, we always do. We um, we sell signs, right, that has our Mac Impact logo on there. And, you know, it's a Pediatric Cancer Awareness Month. And we um, we sell those. It, we only sell them for about what we pay for them. And we spread that out. We also do on our Facebook page a, an interesting cancer fact of the day and really I will tell you, we very purposefully put stuff on there that will pull the heartstrings. You know, we don't, this awareness, you know, it, it, here's how I look at it. It's not just for you to go, oh yeah, there is cancer, pediatric cancer out there. I totally forgot about it. You know, that's a thing. And then they carry about their day. We actually, when we say awareness, we want you to be really aware of really what, what it's like to have a child with cancer, what it really means to be a child with cancer or any other life-threatening disease. And, you know, we want you to be moved by some of the things we put every day in September. So where, you know, listen, if it's not us, go volunteer somewhere, go give to somebody. We've got Faith Kids, we've got Keaton's Club, we, we've got t uh, Tenaciously Teal's, another one. Uh, they're fantastic. Um, there's so many organic Cabot Kids is just, uh, we, we're going to have a whole hour talking about the wonderful work Cabot Kids does. And so this is what goes back to why Oklahoma City is such a fantastic place resources wise. There's so many opportunities for give back. There's so many opportunities to help someone. And if you know, listen, it's we're all in this together, right? If you want to, if you want to volunteer with any of the other ones, that's a huge win for us, right? We don't compete with anybody. And, you know, we just hope at the end of the day, these kids get everything that they need as they go through this very difficult battle. I, I know that um, when I was visiting with Long, we kind of talked about how, you know, September, maybe pediatric or childhood cancer awareness, but it's, it's your life. I mean, it's life. something that y'all live every day, not just in the month That's of right. September. You know, when you've had a child that has passed away, you're invested at a new level. But I will also say some of the drawbacks to that is, you know, it's hard. It's hard sometimes, you know, we've been to far too many funerals. And everyone's just as hard as the biggest one. And so 
that's what awareness means to us is that this is a, this is this is serious i mean this is a big deal and these are kids that have never done anything to anybody and they're the sweetest kids in the world and i'd encourage you to go find a way to meet one of them and they'll change your life you know there's a lot of oper- a lot of opportunities out there for you to help a kid that's that has the most needs of anybody in the world thank you for telling us about mckinsey today thank you for doing what you do for others in our community I just, this has just been such a wonderful conversation, I think, that really did emphasize um, what families go through and what they experience. Very sweet of you to say, I'm very happy to do it. Listen, we're all connected in some sort of way. And, you know, um, Oklahoma Family Network's an outstanding organization as well. So we can't thank you enough for allowing us to, you know, bring her story to life. You know, we we think sharing her story, a, a lot of people are different. We we find it very therapeutic to share her story. So we enjoy it just as much as we hope people have about listening to it. I, I just, I feel like I know her just because yeah. of our conversation yeah. today. So thank yeah, you for she's that. Wonderful. She was a wonderful kid. Thank you for listening to this episode of We Saved You a Seat. Oklahoma Family Network promotes family-centered care and provides tools so families can make informed decisions, advocate for improved services, build connections among families, and serve as a trusted resource in health care of children and young adults. If you would like to become a supporting family or get in touch with another family, please contact Oklahoma Family Network at oklahomafamilynetwork.org or by calling 405-271-5072.